1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and the expert on all matters real estate is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Asif, let's start with an update on the state of real estate in York Region. Well, Tina, it has been pretty active for January in real estate, and that was surprising with all the changes that were happening and the interest rate hike. We weren't really expecting it, but what we've seen is about 500 homes trade hands in York region, which is great. It's Now, when you hear the reports, just to qualify that, when you hear the reports coming out in, in about three or four days, they're going to be telling you that sales were down 45 to 50%. And what they're talking about is they are comparing that to last year. Now, remember how heated last year was? It was the reason why all of these rules came into place for in April. Now, until we get to April, the numbers are going to be off because of the heated state of the market last year. It has nothing to do with how hot it is right now. But from April on, we're going to see the market level off and, and be more of a, an apples-to-apple comparison. So there's been steady activity is the way you would characterize it? Steady activity. Aurora, surprisingly, one of the slower markets for 2017, seems to have rebounded because their sales for January were pretty much on par. East Gwillimbury had more sales this year. So East Gwillimbury is the part just above New Market. So they've had more sales this year than they did last year. You're going to see traditional markets like Markham and Richmond Hill down a bit, but you're seeing a lot of activity uh, north of the, the actual hot areas. And why do you think that is? Why do you think that Aurora and East Willenberry are so hot right now? Affordability. Aurora had a lot of inventory. So you're seeing, you know, last year for all of January, Aurora only had 200 houses for sale. This year, they're sitting at about 225, 230. So they have more houses for sale this year than they did last year. And, uh, you know, price appreciation for Aurora didn't go up as much as the rest of the region did. Do you think that buyers would get more bang for their buck in those areas right now? Right now, they can for sure. And what about um, in terms of those numbers that you talked about, the 40 to 50% down, that is really going to stick in people's minds. And what advice do you have for them to get past that number? See, when you're comparing numbers, you have to compare apples to apples. And that's not an apple to apple comparison. Last year, the market was so heated, we had no inventory. So people were overpaying for houses. Everything was selling within a day, two days, a week. And now you're into a more of a traditional market. So when you compare the numbers to a traditional market, we're pretty much at par. But when you compare them to a heated market, it's not really fair for January 2018 to be compared to 2017. So what's going to happen come the spring? I think that that's traditionally when buyers and sellers think about, well, that's the time that I really can get out there and sell my home and make it happen quickly. Is that still the case? Traditionally, you're going to see a lot of houses come on the market in spring, and that's when the buyers and sellers are going to be out because they want to move in before school starts. However, you have to remember that the time people get the most for their sale is right now or September, October, because you want to be on the market when you don't have competition. Okay, so I have less competition right now if I'm trying to sell my home. 
But isn't it more of a chore if I'm if I'm looking to buy a home to get out there to, you know, put on the coats and the boots and everything else and get out there to actually see these properties? Precisely. And, and that's why, Tina, you're going to see the buyers that are out right now are not tire kickers. They're serious buyers. If they're going to be putting on their winter coat, if they're going to be going out in minus 10 degree weather, you know they're serious and they want to buy a house. So it's better for me as a seller as well then, right? Yes, it is. Okay, so what about any kind of great stories you can share from your office this week? Um, any of those amazing homes on the market that you want to share with us? You know, we have this incredible two-story condo in downtown Markham. It's two bedrooms and a den, but the the den is actually big enough to be a bedroom as well, and three bathrooms. So what's and considered downtown Markham? Downtown Markham is in the Warden Highway 7 area. It's where the theaters are, the VIP cinemas. It's where York University is coming. It's where the YMCA Center is. So that sounds like a really large condo that you described. That's not typical of what's out there today. It's not. And when you have families that are downsizing into a condo, this is perfect. Because is it an older condo? It's, uh, it's, it's about 12 years old, 10 or 12 years old. But what you're getting here is townhouses in this area sell for over $1.2 million or so. You're pretty much getting the condo lifestyle in almost a townhome because it's a two-story condo. The bedroom space is separated from the living space. It's actually an incredible deal. And, you know, for under $750,000, wow. I don't know what else you could find with that sort of square footage. And how long has that been on the market? Uh, we just put it up uh, last week. Wow. So where could uh, listeners get more information about that particular listing? They can give our office a call at 905-554-5522 and ask for our Upper Duke listing. Absolutely. And, of course, you can go to 1059theregion.com for all of uh, Asif's contact information. When we come back, we talk mortgages and what your options are if you're looking to renew or get into the real estate game. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us now is Lucy Galliardi, and Lucy is with the Mortgage Center. Your mortgage, your way. Lucy, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, Asif. Pretty active week for mortgage brokers uh, this this week. It has been. It's actually been pretty active since uh, the new rules came out. But yes, definitely a very active week this week. And, and with the new rules, we've we've been hit with the stress test. We've been hit with the increase in the prime rate, and and now there's a report out that says. Toronto is one of the least affordable cities in the world. Is there any surprise to that? Uh, no, not really. There isn't a surprise uh, with regards to um, the perception that Toronto is an unaffordable city. I mean, look at the, the amount of growth we've had over the last year. Um, do I still believe it is an affordable city to live in? It most certainly is. I think we're just not used to the values being where they are. Yeah, and I think that listeners would agree with that statement that Toronto, the GTA and extension, is one of the least affordable cities because you think about how tough it is for folks to get into the to the real estate market. It's really tough for them to do that. Wouldn't you agree? I completely agree. It's very difficult to get into the real estate market at this point in time. But it's possible. But it's definitely possible. And, and just to qualify that, I mean, when we're 
talking about Toronto and the GTA as, as a world-class center. Uh, we're comparing it to New York, Paris, London. And if you look at how much upside Toronto has, Toronto is selling for $650 a square foot or so right now. If you think about these other world-class cities and, and who Toronto wants to be, there's still so much more that you know Toronto can appreciate. There absolutely is, but I think that you're going to get a lot of comment from our listeners, from buyers and sellers out there who would say, yeah, we may want to be New York and London or Paris, but we're not. We don't have the transit systems. We don't have the lifestyle. We don't have... Um, you know, incomes or uh, approach to life as those other cities do. How would you respond to that? That's that's true. I mean, we don't have the transit. If you think about New York and you've got people living in New Jersey and things like that commuting to the city, you don't have to live in New York if you want to work in New York. There's a lot of high-paying jobs in New York, just like there are in Toronto. And however, what we lack is, I think, the infrastructure. And once the infrastructure starts to uh, expand, and now you're seeing the highways expand, you're seeing the Vaughan subway. I and mean, we've talked about the Vaughan subway a lot and how much it means to a center like Toronto and, and also helps the affordability because now you can live closer to Vaughan and commute downtown within a short period of time. So as we see the infrastructure be improved, you're going to start to see prices in the Toronto area and the core increase and and to get more in line with the core. So again, it's, uh, you know, when's the best time to buy? It's right now because there's a lot of upside for the Toronto area. And Lucy, you made a comment that it's still possible to get into the real estate market to afford a home. How would you say, what encouragement or what advice would you have to folks to say, yeah, I can do it? How do they do it? Educating themselves, finding the right professional to work with, financial advisors, mortgage agents, mortgage brokers, your bank. Uh, at the end of the day, the clients that I have, that I've been dealing with over the last little while and since the new stress test and uh, the rate increases have taken place, they all have this fear that they're not going to be able to move forward. And most of them really are able to. They're just not used to these higher rates. Uh, they're not used to the stress test. And quite honestly, the media has made this out to be, um, you know, a, a horrible, horrible time to buy, a horrible time to sell. They've, they've just, you know, set this huge doom and gloom, but it really isn't that bad. The best advice I could give is educate yourself. Um, partner with the right people in the industry that are there for the right reason and will give you the advice that you're really looking for. And one of the key points you said was taking the fear out of it, Lucy, because that's what everyone kind of feeds off of. It's, it's the fear. And once you know what's actually happening and it takes that fear out of it, then it's smooth sailing. I mean, I don't think anyone real estate agents, mortgage agents, I don't think anyone thought January would be pretty much a normal or typical market. And it has been because people are going out and finding out what they can and cannot do. Whereas leading up to it in November and December, there was a lot of fear because people had not done their homework about the stress test or, or how it would affect them. And now when you see this interest rate rise and the story in the news a couple of weeks ago about one third of the people thinking that they would go bankrupt if the rate rose again. Well, you're being qualified at two points higher than the rate is right now. So the banks know that you're not going to go bankrupt over a quarter point hike. 
but it's that education piece that's missing. And the more we can educate people out there, the better it is for the industry. That, that's exactly right. Um, once again, p- the focus has been placed on household debt and mortgage. What people really have to think about is where they want to spend their money. Do you want to spend your money on designer clothes, beautiful car, or do you want to invest that in your property, in your home? So you can have up to 44% debt service ratio. Um, What does that mean? So a debt service ratio is the amount of debt that you carry compared to your income. Okay. So the maximum debt service ratio you can have is 44%. The maximum debt service ratio you can have for your home expenses, so that would include your mortgage, your property taxes, your condo fees, and your heating, would be 39%. So really, at the end of the day, the you have to understand what your priorities are. You have to know what you want. So and when you hear the headline, household debt is out of control, do you agree with that? I don't believe that household debt is out of control. I believe unsecured household debt is out of control. I don't believe the um, debt that you're holding for your investment or your home is out of control at all. Because it can't be, because it has to be 44% or 39% with your expenses. Yep. So your advice to listeners is do your homework and don't spend more than you earn. Doesn't that seem to make sense? And prioritize what it is that you have that you value, whether it's investment or the fancy car or those fancy clothes. That's exactly it. Okay. Hold that thought. When we come back, Asif responds to your real estate questions. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on On the Market. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show on 1059 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties, and we're still joined by Lucy Galliardi from Mortgage Centers. Lucy, you know, you made an interesting point about debt service and, and unsecured debt. When was the last time you had someone come to you? I mean, in the olden days, our goal was to pay off our mortgage as quick as we could. And it's almost that... It feels like what it's come to now is kind of how car leasing was back in the day where people would say, you know what, this fits my payment. That's the car that I want to drive. And isn't it, do you see that in mortgages with real estate now where people are not necessarily concerned about paying off their mortgage, but what type of house fits their budget type thing? There's no intention to pay it off. You're completely right about that, and that that is the majority of what I see right now. Um, people are not so concerned with prepayment options, uh, and I'm, again, I'm speaking in general. Uh, but with that being said, I'm probably going to say I have this conversation with every single one of my clients as what, with respect to what's really important to them and is paying off your mortgage sooner um, a, an important thing to you. And you would, pro- I would probably say, eighty percent of the time. They don't have any intention of paying off their mortgage. They just want to keep their payments lower. And, um, you, you know, that's 
That's so what are the they spe- what are they spending their money on? Frivolities. I and I'm you know I say that in general there's a lot of frivolities. Do we really need to buy a thousand dollar coat when there's a four hundred dollar coat out there that we can buy? There's there's brand names. There's um, people get used to having really pretty things, and do we really need them? Well, the end of the day. and it's instant gratification, right? Because back in the day, you would say, hey, I have $500 extra. I'm going to put that on my mortgage. And now my mortgage will get paid off in two weeks less than it should. Whereas now you have that $500 and you want to go out and buy that big screen TV. Mm-hmm. So it, it just seems like there's been a shift in the mindset. And, and that probably affects it right down the line. And so when people are saying that, you know, uh, Canada's debt load is out of control, I think that has a lot. It's the mindset that has a lot to do with it. It has a huge, huge impact. Your mindset is basically the the reason, honestly, we're, that we're in the situation that we're in and that people are in as much debt as they are in. Um, I really think the mindset needs to change to, um, you know, what's more financially prudent? How, how is this going to uh, make my life better in five years or in two years? Um, and like I said, at the end of the day, do we need to drive, you know, the car with all the bells and whistles or do we want to put that money down on our mortgage where we know it, it's it's actually earning us additional equity later on? So without sounding too preachy, how do we change the mindset? Because that's what we're talking about, right? It's about a generation ago where our parents would say, yeah, I have that extra 500 bucks, as you mentioned, Asif, and I'm going to put it towards my debt, my credit card if they had one, or my mortgage or whatever it was. And now, maybe not so much. How do we begin to change the mindset? I really think that changing the mindset is going to happen when you connect yourself with the right professional that asks you the right questions. What is really important to you? Where do you want to be in five years? So many people don't ask that question. Um, it, it's, it's really about, and we'll, we'll go back to, you know, when, when I'm seeing a client, um, I will ask them, you know, what are your five-year goals? Well, I don't know. Well, how about we talk about that for a minute? Um, Take a step back and get to know the person, hire the right professional who will take the time to talk to you about what you really want, what's really important to you. There's nothing wrong if you want to drive the pretty car. If that's what your priority is, then then so be it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think not enough people are being asked that question. And and it's about leaving your options open. I mean, if you're a young couple and you're about to start a family and there's a baby coming, you need to move from your one-bedroom condo to either a two-bedroom condo or a three-bedroom house. You want to leave those options open. So maybe by putting that extra 500 or $1,000 over the years into your mortgage, now you've got enough equity so that when you're moving up to the next place, you don't have to put more cash in. You've got the equity. But having the, the fancy coat or you know having the, the big screen TV isn't going to help you move up. So it's, it's almost educating them to leave their options open. Okay. And, I'm, and I'm not saying don't buy the coat or don't buy the fancy screen TV or the large screen TV. What I'm saying is really consider maybe not buying both, maybe buying one or the <laughs> other, but not necessarily buying both. 
That's it. Absolutely. Lucy, thank you for sticking around because it's time now for our listener questions. And the first question comes from Jerry in Vaughn. And like many these days, he says, his kids want to borrow from the bank of mom and dad. His son wants to buy a condo with his fiance. Jerry wants to help his son, but also wants to protect his investment. How does he do that? What advice do you guys have for him? Well, Jerry, I mean, it's it's become pretty normal to, to either borrow from the uh, bank of mom and dad or even to for mom and dad to gift their kids some money in order for them to get into the market. Now, Lucy, what are their options? I, when they're borrowing, I think the rules have just changed where they have to declare that as being borrowed money. Actually, it's always been like that, as if so. If there is a loan, whether it's from a parent or anybody else, it has to be considered in their debt service ratios. So, if mom is um, is lending you twenty thousand dollars, that twenty thousand dollars needs to be uh, allocated with your your liabilities or your your debt. Now, if it's a gift, on the other hand, uh, then it doesn't have to be. But there, you know, if, if mom and dad are willing to give a gift. Um, then it's just the gift they're giving. If mom and dad want to protect their investment, there is always an option for mom and dad to either place uh, a, a second mortgage after closing. But, it, it, you know, that that's not something that um, I like to see done just because, again, it's a gift. It's a second mortgage on the property. Um, sorry, not a gift. It's a loan as opposed to a, a gift. Gift makes things a lot easier, but again, we're... we're um, but in terms of practicality, your advice would be go see a lawyer, get everything down on paper, oh, don't gift it, make it a loan in some way, shape, or form, and, and go through the proper channels so that I'm protected? Well, with that regards, it honestly, the only disadvantage... <clears throat> excuse me, the only disadvantage to uh, a loan... A private loan from mom and dad is, again, it has to be listed in the debt servicing. So if you have another loan, chances are you're not qualifying for as much of the mortgage. So is mom and dad willing to give you that gift is really the question here. And a lot of times we see mom and dad give a gift letter to say, here's $20,000. It's a gift from us to our child and we're not going to be collecting on this. And and that's why a gift letter, the bank would want to see a gift letter. That's correct. Right. Okay. That's exactly. All right, let's get to our next question from Dawn in Richmond Hill. She's trying to decide whether to renovate their existing 1,800-square-foot home or make a move to something bigger. But she wants to remain in Richmond Hill. What advice do you have for her? So basically with the renovation, you want to you wanna get a real estate professional in there so that we can take a look at it. If you renovate it and it puts your house out of the the average price point for your area, it's not going to be worth it. If you're just putting in $50,000 to get $50,000 out of it, it's not worth it. So we want to make sure that the renovations you're doing are going to be beneficial for you. Otherwise, that money is going to be better going into your new home. Asif, great advice as usual. And that's our show for this week. Thank you, Lucy, for joining us for the entire show. Thank you very much for having me. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. You can connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion, or you can call us at 416-335-1059, or email info at 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. This is 1059 The Region.